1: What's up, everybody? Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle is a brand new program here at Blue Wire where you can host your very own podcast. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discords, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your stuff all pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all those good places. The listening platform is all out there. And you can get all of this for $15 a month the same rate any other hosting site will charge you um, just for initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com/slash join.
2: Hey, yeah, I feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter.
1: This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And tonight's loss in Washington against the Wizards makes seven losses in a row for the Wolves. Ryan Saunders' final game against New York was the fourth consecutive loss, and now the Wolves are 0-3 under Chris Finch. The new variable kind of thrown into the mix tonight, and will be in the mix for the next month, is the absence of Malik Beasley. Beasley has been, for better or worse, but mostly better. You know, he's been the Timberwolves' identity this season. He's played 146 more minutes this year through the first 33 games than anyone else on the team, which is nearly double the amount of minutes Delo has played and more than double the minutes Cat has. And I think coming into tonight's game that I that I underestimated the impact of Malik's absence on just how the Wolves were going to play. Obviously, you know, we knew that those 20 points per game would be missed, but I think I was thinking more about how they replace those points rather than who would be replacing them. And the reality kind of just struck me before the game that that Beasley's minutes would be replaced with players who don't really bring much of anything offensively. And and I asked Chris Finch about that before the game, so I'm going to play that for you to start. Coach, you just mentioned the idea of um, playing faster, kind of covering up maybe some some more limited shooting lineups. In what ways do you see that kind of, applying in the in the half court how how does how will that cover up for the shooting
2: well hopefully you know uh you know some of our let's say uh lesser shooting lineups are probably some of our more potent defensive lineups so maybe we can create some offense from our defense um washington does uh, turn it over at a fairly high clip and we can hopefully use that to our advantage and get some offensive buckets uh you know out off of turnovers
1: as it played out, Finch did opt to lean into defense, and he did that by starting Josh Kogi in Malik Beasley's place. So the starting lineup was Cat, Vanderbilt, Kogi, Edwards, and Rubio. And I guess there's two ways to look at that lineup, right? Either as a defensive group or a group that will have a lot of offensive problems because they are just limited in what they have as shooters. And... It pretty much was both of those things tonight, particularly in the, in the first half. You know, the, the defense was good in the first half, which, you know, I understand sounds crazy. They gave up well over 100 points again, but the first half, it, it was solid. And and then on the offensive end, you know, the, the spacing just, well, just completely cratered. I mean, you you wouldn't know it, again, from looking at the final box where Bradley Beal finished with 34 points, eight boards, and six assists, but Josh Okogi did a really good job on Beale in that first half. Where it was like halfway through the second quarter, and Beal only had two points. It was like one of six shooting. Okoye looked like you know that strong point of attack defender that he can occasionally be, and the whole's defense just makes so much more sense when he's doing that. But at the same time, the offense when he's out there just kind of becomes a clustery mess. And I mean, particularly when it's not just a Kogi, it's a Kogi, Vanderbilt, and Rubio all out, all out there. The Wizards could just clog the paint. And because of that, you know, Cat's offense really suffered. He finished the game shooting just seven of nineteen from the field. And I just went back. I I, we watched those nineteen shots, and and really, if you you go back, there was just there was two bodies there almost every time that Cat had a look within the arc. I mean, if Cat posted, Okogi's man would leave him in the corner and then would come double. You can't. Cat just really couldn't. He couldn't get any clean isolation drives because the Wizards' defense was just like permanently sagged in. And whenever, I mean, whenever he was, Cat was kind of lingering the post looking for a drop-off. I mean, Vanderbilt was almost always lingering there too. It was, they were in each other's way. It would just be so helpful if Vanderbilt could make even corner threes. I mean, Vanderbilt clearly, he had actually a really good game tonight. Um, not really good. I mean, <laughs> he had a good game tonight. And that's because Vanderbilt helps his team defensively. I think we're, we're feeling the impact of his rebounding, and then that help side defense is pretty much always there. But at the same time, he and Cat just haven't been a great fit offensively because Vanderbilt just cuts into Cat's space, and that really does hurt. I asked Chris Finch about that predicament after the game. Hey, Coach, we talked a little bit um, before the game about you know trying to you know, kind of win it on defense and maybe sacrifice a little bit in terms of spacing. It seemed like in the first half kind of both of those things happened where yeah. defense was good and maybe the, there was uh, some lost spacing there. Is, was that pay, fair to say?
2: Yeah, there were some, you know, some times we were t- on top of each other, but I thought we did a really good job offensively when we were in the first quarter, in particular, you know, got, got to the rim. I think we missed four or five of our first six or seven shots were layups, and we kind of just didn't finish very well. And again, we, you know, we needed all these buckets. I thought we should have been up 10 at halftime.
1: And then with Josh, were you, is that just kind of what you want him to be doing, is, is just finding that screen there and rolling to the basket, maybe then spraying out to the corner? It looked a little bit – looked a little different, I guess, than when he played more on the wing in the past.
2: Are uh, you talking about Josh Akogi? Yes, Josh Akogi. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of treat him a little bit like a big sometimes. And, um, you know, we just, that, that's part of the spacing that we have to you know, compensate for. I thought he played well. I thought Josh played very well today.
1: I also thought Okogie played really well tonight, you know, after really having, you know, struggled for the past month or so. Yeah. But it's funny, he has his best game when he starts playing like a power forward. But he wasn't playing power forward because Vanderbilt was out there tonight. I mean, it's just tough because that is how Josh is best used offensively. But at the same time, even optimized like he was tonight, that functionally, a third big out there. With him, Cat, and Vanderbilt, that just cuts further into that spacing in the lane or in the dunker spot. And, I mean, obviously this team is super limited right now. So, I mean, things just aren't going to line up with, with anybody you really plug into those holes. But if Josh is going to play this way on the next good Wolves team, right, like he really needs to be playing next to a power forward other than Vanderbilt. I mean, he needs to play next to a stretch four. They offensively contradict each other. And this is why it just really hurts that Wancho is just unplayable right now. You know, if that signing would have worked out at all, and Wancho would have been able to be a even decent power forward option, I mean, that Cat, Wancho, and a Kogi front court makes some sense, or or call it the second unit with Nas, Wancho, and Akogi. But here, you know, it's just it's just kind of restricting with with these when Josh is out there with Vanderbilt because you know they get in each other's way. So we just kind of know that these pieces, right, without Malik don't fit together right now, which means some of those some of these other guys on the margins are going to need to step up. That's the only way they're going to be able to compete in these games. And I want to hit on a few of those guys tonight like Culver who made his return tonight, uh Jaden McDaniels is another one there and then obviously the real wild card is is Anthony Edwards. But first we're going to take a quick break. What's up, everybody? We have something to tell you about here at Blue Wire, and that is that we love sports betting. And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started, we want to let you know great resources for sports bettors, and that's the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up, for an Action, Pro, Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages on every game. You can see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. You can take advantage of Pro Systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code MORE50, five zero. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code MORE50 to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. So if we're considering Josh Akogi and Jared Vanderbilt to be bringing something defensively that makes up for what they give up offensively, then it is important that the other role players bring a spark around them offensively. If they're at all going to make up for Beasley's absence. And Jared Culver's an an interesting one. I mean, he he came back tonight after missing the previous 17 games with an ankle sprain and he just kind of needs to be one of those guys. I mean, It didn't happen tonight. Culver very clearly struggled. The Wolves were outscored by 20 in the 14 minutes Culver played. But there is very clearly available bandwidth on this team for Culver to show something over this Beasley-less run. And really, it should be the opportunity for Culver to again kind of try and showcase some two-way ability. You know, his role can now be different than it was at the beginning of the season where he was just being used as a defensive stopper. That's all he was being asked. I mean, Culver should now have some room to play make with no Beasley. I mean, one game into this Beasley suspension means there's 11 more to go, and there's 11 games until the trade deadline. This might be Culver's last chance to really show something. Jace Frederick asked uh, Finch postgame about both Culver and Edwards, and I thought both of the answers were pretty honest and telling. Uh, Finch is is honest in, in, in his answers, so here's what he had to say.
2: Hey, Chris, what were your thoughts on Jarrett and just how he looked physically out there? Um, Well, yeah, it was good to see him. I mean, obviously, his first game back was a little rough for him. I thought he was pressing a little offensively, but he competed hard, so we were happy about that. And with with Anthony, what's his path to being an efficient offensive player? Is it as simple as shot selection? Well, I think he's got to, you know, continue to understand, like, you know, what – what what the game is giving him. I mean today every time he went downhill and got to the rim, they really couldn't stop him. Um, and he made threes late, but he didn't make threes to the re- early part of the game. He's kind of just out there playing right now. He, he knows, does, doesn't have a, a you know a, a plan of attack, if you will, and that's normal. and I think that's something that'll happen for him um, you know hope, hopefully uh, as this season unfolds and I'm sure going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could hear it there. Finch hasn't held back in his acknowledgement of the fact that Edwards has things to iron out. He said after the Bulls game that he wants Ant's shot selection to be two-thirds drives drives, and one-third jumpers. And it's basically been the inverse of that previously. And then tonight, you just heard him. I mean, he doubled down on that again. I do think we can expect Finch to start enforcing a little more with Edwards. More than Saunders was doing. I mean, Saunders was kind of just letting Edwards find his bearings. And it sounds like Finch knows that, you know, that bearing finding finding process will be part of this process with Edwards. But I think Finch also recognizes that it's like, it's kind of go time. Like some of this stuff needs to start being cut out. You know, for the Wolves to start competing at all in any of these games, Edwards just has to become a more efficient scorer. But the way teams are just loading up on Cat, I mean, Ant is going to get a lot of freedom to shoot you know and now even more than he had when Beasley was out there and and he had a lot of freedom then too I mean Cat has been back for 10 games now and he's only shot more shots than Edwards in those 10 games and only four of the 10 games I mean it's a lot of ant. and you know while that should probably change I mean Cat should be leading the team and shooting every game you know, I wouldn't say I necessarily expect it to well one just because of the way teams are going to defend Cat and then Two, this offense just gives Edwards a lot of room. And Edwards does keep flashing. I mean, he had more big-time rim attacks tonight that, like, they do. They look special. But at what point does he have to start looking a little less lost? You know, I I guess that's a question I've been asking myself. Like, is he growing in his understanding? And this this feeling we're watching him of... Him settling, you know that that goes back to Georgia, and and that hasn't really gone away, and it just feels like Ant isn't really grasping that yet, and I don't know. I mean, we're almost halfway through his rookie year. Now, obviously, there's going to be a lot of losing over this Finch chunk of the season, but you know there have to be a few real meaningful changes that click in, and if Finch can make Ant be one of those, if he can make some of this make some of that shift happen with Edwards, get him going downhill more often, less settling. I mean, that'll be big. Because there will come a time where both Beasley and D'Lo are back. And I think at that time, the learning is going to be harder to do because Ant's going to be a little bit more restricted in that role. He has the bandwidth to learn right now. And I don't know. It would just be big if, if Edwards can start to take those steps prior to the deadline, which is obviously prior to Beasley's return. The last thing I kind of want to note or just you know, put a little pin in is the fact that Jaden McDaniels hasn't done much of anything in these first three Finch games. McDaniels has only scored six total points in the in the three games, and he just hasn't really popped in any of the ways he was you know, pretty consistently doing. And he was kind of the plus-minus darling for this team, right? Now in these three games, McDaniels has gone minus 14, minus 12, then minus 18 tonight. And he also just isn't playing a lot. 22 minutes against Milwaukee, 16 minutes against Chicago, and then 15 minutes tonight. I mean, obviously McDaniels is an important part of this, and he's going to keep getting the shot, but I think, I don't know, it's worth a little note. I'm, I'm noting it down. We will see if tomorrow is any different against Phoenix. All right, that's all I got for tonight. Sorry, nothing too interesting to share from the players post game. They pretty clearly wanted to get out and get back to Minneapolis. If you are though looking for some more Wolves talk, I did record with Britt yesterday. Um, obviously, that those are always a little bit more big picture, you know. As which I think is relevant right now. I mean, the Wolves we tend to get caught in the in the moment, which is is the coaching change. But really, you know, we're gonna be moving into trade deadline season here pretty soon. So we talk about all that um, on the Britt Pod. So dive into that if you haven't. It's long. And if you have already listened, well, then I will be back with another pod tomorrow night after Sunday's game against the Suns, which for some very dumb reason starts at 8 p.m. But that just gives you more time to enjoy your Sunday. So do that, and I will talk to you after the Phoenix game. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out.